Hello, wild one. Welcome to the Shamanic Tantra Podcast. I'm your host, Holly Taraya, and I'm honored to have you on this journey with me. My intention with this show is to create a sacred space for conversations around all the things I wish I were taught growing up. I'm here to remind you that all of you is sacred. Every emotion, every experience, and every energy that runs through your body and heart is holy. Shamanic Tantra is a path I walk and it's a path of liberation. Freedom that's found deep within the body and deep inside the breath. It's a path of reclamation, of integrating every shade of who you are. The wild, the wonderful, the primal, and the pure. All is welcome here. It's a path of truth, of devotion to the pulsing, quivering truth of this very moment. As that's all there ever is. May we love each other, may we honor each other, and may we celebrate each other as we walk each other home. Aho, and on we go. Everybody, this is Holly Taraya coming at you live with the Shamanic Tantra podcast, and I am joined today with my beautiful friend Leo. Thank you so much for joining me today. Mm, my pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me. Mm, you're welcome. Yes. So Leo and I have just been having such a delicious conversation about humility about safety about coming home to the body and having full acceptance and love for who we are and one of the things that leo shared that i really want to dive into today in today's conversation is the uh the metaphor of the body being a cathedral and allowing our sound and expression to really be a tool for freedom and liberation on the embodiment path so I'd love to invite you to share more about that today, Leo. Yes, thank you so much. Mm. The cathedral, this symbolic and this picture came to me as I was teaching and guiding people through embodying their voice, basically. And why I'm talking about cathedral? Because in the ca- most of the people, when they are trying to sing, they are trying to reach a note from the arch of the cathedral, from the mouth and up. They are trying to reach notes like, ah, I'm going there, you know. But the thing is that there's so much space into the body that needs to be brought into the light in order to embody the full spectrum of the frequency and the instrument that we are. Our Mm. physical body is an instrument and it plays all the time, consciously or subconsciously. And the more we are aware of all the spaciousness of that instrument and present with that, the more there's frequencies and notes and key codes that are accessible. And into the cathedral, there's different levels. The floor of the cathedral. When you enter, you walk on the floor. The floor is basically the pelvic floor. Mm. This is the floor of the cathedral. The all volume and space in which the light enters through the windows and all the colors is the physical body. And the arch of the cathedral that is the top of it is just, I would say, the cavity of the mouth. And as I was saying before, if you sing only from this arch, you are missing all the volume of the cathedral. So um, I'm using that analogy to bring to awareness, into awareness to the people that I'm teaching to, how much space there is and how much importance it is to ground the awareness to the pelvic floor in order to embrace all the volume and all the capacity of resonance that Mm. can be sound from basically Mm, I love that image I love that (laughs) image so much and do you feel that this also applies to your speaking tone as well or is it more of a singing practice an embodiment practice it's both Mm -hmm. you will you may have noticed that when somebody is stressed out he will most likely express his voice from a high tone agitated like Mm. oh my gosh I don't know what's happening today I'm afraid and all the voice is going high Whenever you are doing some vocal empowerment or start to open your instruments, what's happening? You're opening space within yourself and naturally your voice will drop down from a few octaves and few layers 
And you may have noticed when you have a man that is really embodied, his voice is just like like honey for you. It's like, <gasps> speak more to me, I please. Know, You're like... just making love to me. Why? Because that man, into his frequency, there is a tone of his voice that is saying to you, this man is down to earth. Mm -hmm. He's safe because he's present to his own body. Mm. And there is something there that is really important to be aware of. Mm. First of all, from the way that you wake up and you express yourself what frequency I'm expressing to the world today and how deep I am embodied or not and then interacting with people just witnessing where they are into their frequency and from which space they are interacting with you mm. I do prefer people that have a warm and voice where I can just like oh yeah yeah thank you and then it brings relaxation because yeah. this person is, is using his instrument his physical body and his vocal cords and his voice from a space of relaxation and peace so you can feel that through the frequency that is like emanating mm -hmm. towards you and then you what's going on if that person is super grounded and embodied into that what's gonna happen for you even if you're stressed out you will have the invitation to tune with that mm -hmm. attunement subconscious attunement and like you will witness yourself relaxing and just having your voice going down and like ah, oh. mm -hmm. and like things that you can say oh it feels good to be with you mm. and uh, we are on the same wavelengths that kind of things you yes. know it's all like sound Resonance. language and codes yeah mm -hmm. but it speaks a lot yeah 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 and i love that you said when someone's really embodied in their voice like it allows you to feel safe in their presence because they're basically saying to you that i feel safe in my body so if i feel safe in my body and in my presence then you can feel safe with me too i trust myself you can trust me. Yes. And I love that. And that has nothing to do with the words that are being said. Right? Mm -hmm. That's so much more about the energy that's being being emitted and the frequency that's being emitted. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so uh, sound is really one of the pillars of Tantra, right? It's really one of the ways that we return home to our truth. It's one of the ways that we integrate our spirit with our body and allow energy and emotion to be expressed. So I'd love to, for you to speak a little bit about the connection between Tantra and sound. Definitely. I like to see, and I see the language as a code, as a program. For example, right now we are speaking English. The people that are listening to this podcast, they have the same programs and they have the same codes so they can understand from their mind what we are talking about. But after all, it's just a series of sounds that we all collectively agreed mm. that this means something. But what if I'm starting to speak another language, if I speak Spanish? Maybe people will understand, sometimes not, because they might not have the code for that. Mm. What does that mean also in terms of collective interaction is that in order to interact as human beings, we are just communicating together. And we, we're just using language, right? And it's as we are into a mind-based collective society, let's say, most likely we connect through language and we try to be heard, to be understood. And most likely we, we can tend to be disconnected from our body and our emotions. The language for me, English or any other language, how many times you were in trigger with your partner, you had emotional triggers, and you try to explain what's going on. And you're like freaking out because your partner doesn't understand you. But how can he understand a feeling? You're trying to express a feeling with a language that is not honoring a feeling. So it's not possible. What I like to bring <laughs> into, uh, into the teaching that I provide is to find a way to express ourselves differently in a way that doesn't make necessarily sense but in a way that feels more than makes sense mm. so for example if i'm what i'm doing is like i'm inviting people to discover their soul language what is that soul language soul language is a language that is innately uh, within yourself, infused within yourself, because I like to see that as our sparkle of soul when it came on Earth. It has been riding a wavelength. It has been that wavelength, actually. It was this way, this wavelength, and it is always. And it has came into a body, and this soul melody most of the time has been forgotten, has been suppressed, and it's related to our truth and the way we express our truth to this world. 
So when I'm bringing people into reconnecting with that soul melody, soul expression, they are tapping into the essence of who they are. And they are expressing themselves through sound. And expressing that truth. And it doesn't make sense anymore. Mm, but people can feel great. them. Great. <laughs> like, I like to put configuration where people having... I'm inviting them to have in the background, let's say, a situation that is unresolved emotionally, that is still charged. Mm -hmm. We might all have that in our life where there's struggle with someone in our family or friends. There's still emotional charge and it's like there is an unclosure there. There is something that is still into the field and we don't know how to address that because maybe the other person... We cannot relate on the same wavelengths, basically. But the charge is within ourselves. So how to address that? I like to put configuration where I'm inviting the person who has a charge to express through his soul language that charge and basically what they are doing is that they are re releasing the frequency the memory and the charge through a language that doesn't make sense mm. and through a language and sound that's honor actually the proper feeling and then the feeling is released the feeling is breaking free and most of the time there's emotions there's cry there's laughter there's strong emotion coming to the surface. Yesterday I was interacting with a, a sister and I, I started to speak with her in soul language. Her first reaction was to just explode in laughter. Mm -hmm. She was like, ah! <laughs> I was playing that when I was a child. And it brought her to the essence of her inner child and brought so much joy. Mm -hmm. So this soul language and this frequency that is basically tapping into the mystery and tapping into the unknown rather than connecting with the layer of the mind that most of the time is just bringing us out mm -hmm. of the unseen, out of the subconscious mm -hmm. and more into the conscious and what we believe we are mm -hmm. rather than what who we are mm -hmm. into the essence. Yes. Yes. So there is a lot there. And we liked it to Tantra, why it is so important because for me Tantra is reconnecting with the intimate intimacy of our being. So when I come to the cathedral and all the space that we are and all the frequencies that we are and that we dare to embody and to express, there's so much feelings and sensation there that we need to be present to. In order, first of all, tangible example, to express desires, to express boundaries, to mm. express fears. Because if we have not been used to connect with those feelings, with the whole spectrum and volume of the cathedral of our temple body, there's a big chance that all of those three things, desire, fear, boundaries, is just not clear. Mm. I'm speaking into that because when I started to do that work, when I started to do for the first time the first workshop of Tantra where people asked me that, I was like, oh, I have no boundary and mm. I don't know what I want. Mm. There were this lack of clarity about actually what is my input into the world and how can I show up in my truth. I was disconnected from that. Mm. So for me, like reconnecting to this innate truth through frequency helps to ground into the physical body so that you can feel more your truth and express that to the world through tangible words also. Because as much as I like to bring people into the unknown, into the unseen, into a language that doesn't make sense, that connects them to their soul, it's also important to bring that experiential uh, wisdom into the world and stay connected to that ground so that we can express tangibly to the world with that depth mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. yeah then it's like you're combining the the power of language with the power of sound then it can be both there's a really deeply embodied truth there yes yes as i said the language is resonating with the mind and doesn't honor other layers of our being mm -hmm. so we need to honor both it's not like this one is better than the other one right. both are helping to embrace um the full spectrum, right. the sound print of who we are, basically, right. the soundscape. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's an important piece. Mm -hmm. I know you had mentioned earlier that a lot of the work you do is with unlocking the throat chakra with people and the trauma that we can have around expressing our truth, whether it comes from like a young age or just being raised in a society that really doesn't uh, promote expression so I'd love for you to talk about some ways to unblock the throat chakra and have more freedom expressing yourself a hmm. um, few ways to do that hmm. first of all is to bring awareness 
on that. Because if you are not even aware that you have trauma that blocks your expression, how can you address them? So there is the first layer is to really acknowledge that, okay, for example, in my childhood, when I was a child and I was singing freely, my mother told me, just shut up mm -hmm. because your voice is irritating me and all oh, you sing bad, stop to sing. Just that awareness on that specific piece of existence can already bring like, oh wow, when I was a little boy or little girl, I got suppressed when I was so innocent, innocently expressing my truth and I was joyfully diving into it and I've been suppressed from the very core of my development basically, mm -hmm. of my cognitive de development and expression. And then the layers that can come, it's like in your everyday life, um, there's layers where you want to be heard, you want to be seen, you want people to acknowledge you, you want people to hear you, to to feel you, to just, you want to compensate that lack basically of acceptance when you were a child through an excessive neediness to be received into right. the world. And then also another expression is that you might think or feel or believe that your voice is not beautiful because you've been suppressed when you were expressing your voice. Your voice is not on key. Your voice is not proper. Your truth is not acceptable. And there is a deep sense of shame that can come with. Shame is saying there is something wrong about me. It's just <laughs> a statement that is really strong, but there is something wrong about me. And for me, when there is this suppression of this pure truth when we were a child it supports that shame and those wounds to be carried away in the adulthood and then what's happening is that most of us have been suppressed in that way and then we build our development uh, teenagehood on that how many of us when we start to relate as teenagers the normal way to express is to bully each other to overpower each other, to make fun of each other is when they are not expressing in a way that is, I would say, socially acceptable. And this also is a constant suppression that is a consequence of this suppression that is happening in the childhood and that we are all subconsciously carrying because we suffered from that. So we tend to, to revenge somehow, subconsciously into the society and it brings this distorted society where only certain spectrum of truth is allowed cer only certain sounds are allowed like um, for example when I started to do emotional release into tantric containers I was like we need that in towns we need that spaces to do that but somehow expressing anger or even being in an orgasmic state or um, just expressing pleasure when you eat or right. it's not socially accepted it's right. like we better like oh fit in the box and not being so loud mm -hmm. and this is the restriction that we had around sounds that again is just we are allowed to express just a little spectrum of sound mm -hmm. and all the rest it's something that we deny mm -hmm. and all the rest is most of the time Depth. Mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> depth. Emotional depth. Yeah. Mental depth. Spiritual depth. Even physical depth because it's manifest on all the layers. But uh, yeah, we have to reclaim all of that. Yes. All that soundscape. Yes. Like take the, uh, what is it, like a muffler that you can put on, a, on an air instrument, you know, you put something inside of it to make it quieter. Yes. You know, and it's like we're doing that to ourselves and our culture. And I know for me as, as a woman, as part of my reclamation, that's been a huge part of it. Uh, for years, doing a yoga class and moaning in class, right, or sighing relief, or like mm. you said, eating and, and expressing your pleasure, like yes. how much shame was projected onto me when I expressed my pleasure. And so I learned to not do that because it also became a reason for objectification as well. Like if I'm expressing my pleasure, then that somehow means that I'm giving you permission to, you know, objectify me in that sense instead of giving me full freedom to express. And so that's been such a big part of my pleasure reclamation is reclaiming my, my sound, reclaiming my pleasure and also bringing other elements of vocal exploration into sexual exploration like anger, like rage. What does it feel like to open up into um, sounds of rage, right? In, in moments of pleasure, like allowing, uh, allowing all of yourself to be expressed through sound. Oh, yeah, tell me about it. Um, 
what I've been noticing is that in my own journey I was not raised into a family where anger was acceptable mm -hmm. which means that I had got locks and as you said muffler this is the word mm -hmm. that you use muffler on mm -hmm. my rage mm -hmm. my rage channel let's right. say the thing is that I was ashamed even to feel angry because it was not proper to feel angry and I never got the chance to fully feel angry the thing is that when it came out into my life, when I gave myself permission finally to do that, it came out in a really like messy way. Right. Because I did not know how to handle that frequency. Mm -hmm. Never, nobody gave me the permission and even taught me how to navigate that frequency. So that when it came out, it came out super messy, projected on others and just like all over the place. And even me, it was taking over because this frequency was something that I never got the chance to, to learn how to navigate through. So this is so important to reclaim that frequency also, that melody, that feeling sensation of anger and to have a safe space mm -hmm. where we can learn to navigate how this frequency is played through me. So that whenever you show up into the world, yeah, anger can come, but there is not a fear of, oh, if I'm getting angry, I will just freak out and I will lose control. Yes. No, if you're feeling angry, you can use that as a fuel and being able to hold that frequency to push you forward and not destroy but in a way <laughs> almost penetrate the space with awareness and with energy what i learned from anger is also um, many times where i've felt anger or um, still feel anger into my life it's when there is a layer of myself that is not in integrity which means that I feel something within myself and there is a layer of the outside that shows me that I am not aligned with what I am and what I am vibrating to the world. Mm -hmm. So I feel angry at myself that I was not, first of all, aware of my manifestation and then that I did not respect myself enough and deeper enough to manifest with integrity my reality. So it brings that anger that is mm -hmm. there. and. Uh, the more I've been working with anger, the more I realized I was just angry at myself, basically. Right. But as I didn't know how to hold that frequency, I was just <gasps> floating that outside. Mm. And um, there's a big teaching to on the frequency of anger. And again, to just learn again, how does it feel in our cathedral mm -hmm. to embody anger? Mm -hmm. And how can we feel safe to embody right. anger too? How many people don't feel safe with anger because they don't know how to hold their own anger? Mm -hmm. So they're like, oh my gosh, this person when he's going into anger, it's like, I better get out, you know? Because them, if they're going there, they don't know how to handle that. And uh, yeah, that's really interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's using my voice as a way to express my anger has been one of the most healing tools for me. Yes. Like uh, one of my favorite things too is, is a rage ritual. I go down to the ocean and I scream into the ocean. Yes. And it's just, I, first of all, I feel she is embracing. She's like, bring it on. I can feel her. She's like invoking it out of me because she can really hold it and transmute it and contain it. And it's just, and knowing that no one can hear me as well, like it's just, I feel like I can give myself full permission mm. to just scream. And I always find that whenever I do that, my, my ability to express my truth and to say whatever it is that's true for me can is just widened. Mm. My capacity for that is widened when I've released anger through my body through a scream. Yes. And um, I'm able to express pleasure in a deeper way, express my voice and express my yes. words in a deeper way. And it just it's it's like sort of like the thing that pops it off for me. If I feel locked up in my throat chakra, I'm like, I probably have some unexpressed anger that needs to make its way out. Time to, time to go visit the ocean and give her a good scream. Yes. And I want to, to just uh, respond on that and resonate mm. with that because what came to my mind is basically uh, when I talk about the spectrum of sound, you know, the soundscape that is proper to express and there is all those other frequencies that we tend to don't express and anger is one of them. The thing is that the more we embrace the spectrum of, I would say, unpleasant frequencies and sensations, the more we open also the frame to have access to highest frequency exactly. of bliss of pleasure so by not daring to go into sensations that are not socially acceptable like rage anger pain even grief mm -hmm. we just block ourselves to have access to other 
layers of existence, you know. Mm-hmm. So both go together. Totally, totally. And when I'm again, I'm gonna come back to the cathedral. I really love that because in all that space that we are, just like uh, a peacock, when you just mm-hmm. like open the spectrum of the tail of all the, the emotions, the frequency that are can be expressed. There's so much space to handle that, and um, yeah, for me, like when I when I see this ascension process, let's say, there is also increasing this capacity to hold a bigger field, Mm -hmm. which means to hold a bigger field of resonance, and yeah, that's why the cathedral is important to become aware of all the space that is within in order to embrace that field that is growing bigger all the time, basically. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then it's not only an ascension process, it's a dissension. It's a dissension, too. And, this and is that's where the part that people are afraid of most of the time. They're like, just take me high! <laughs> take me to the ceiling! And it's like, well, you know, that's like a, a tree wanting to bloom without first rooting deep into the soil, right? Yes. And to me, in my opinion, that's one of the most fundamental teachings of Tantra is widening your capacity like you said like coming into wholehearted acceptance with all of life yes and not denying any of it and that most of us have denied our anger our pleasure our shame our guilt and if you want to open yourself up to those higher frequencies of bliss and ecstasy and joy and inner child reclamation you have to go to the all the pieces that you've denied right mm. yes, so yes i love this i love this idea of like widening the capacity and one of the metaphors I had shared with you earlier that I love to visualize is, is really allowing yourself to play on a grand piano mm. in life, right? Mm. And, and most of us are operating on like a little xylophone, like a little baby <laughs> xylophone, right? Of, of like oh, these five true. or six socially acceptable emotions or these, this very narrow range of vocal expression. Yeah. But when we open ourselves up and we become a bigger instrument with more keys or more strings, like a sitar, Right? We're able to express ourselves in such a more beautiful way and be felt and seen and, and, and connected to in such a more powerful way as well. And isn't it what we want at the end? Mm-hmm. To be loved for who we are, to be deeply felt, not even understood somehow, because understanding is always having layers of what is right, what is wrong, moral, mind, codes. But to be felt, just mm-hmm. I feel you. Mm-hmm. Wherever you are, just I feel your suffering, I feel your joy, mm-hmm. I, I feel your presence. Mm-hmm. And this is, when I receive I see you, there is this sense of we're connected into the heart space because mm-hmm. you not see me with your eyes, but right. you feel me actually. Right. And this is like, ah, oh, this is precious. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then we can make music with other people. Definitely. Right? Like that's where the dance, that's what intimacy is. Intimacy is like, Playing, we're both playing our instruments and we're making music together and we're dancing together and being fully expressed. And the, the wider your capacity to hold your emotions and then express your emotions, yes. the more that you give people permission to do that yes. with you as well. And you become sort of like a permissionary for those around you of freedom, right? Of complete freedom and that embodiment of freedom. And I know that that's, um, you know, that's the ultimate goal is to become liberated. And it's an inside mm. job. It's inside play, actually. It's inside play, and I really like that you use the word instrument because I, I do resonate with that a lot. Our body is an instrument, it's a cathedral. But we got to learn how to play that instrument. We put, because we came as a soul in that flesh vessel, but we have to learn along the way how to play it, how to attune it, how to feel it, and how mm. does that sound, and how can we play with others and harmonize with others. Most of the time, triggers is just moments where the frequency is not in harmony with the other one. It's just create this like non-pleasant. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. Like almost when you get too close with your microphone from a speaker, <laughs> it's like it's just like whoa, whoa, whoa. So yes. it's for me, it's the same analogy that I like to use. Yeah, you know? I love that. I love that. And that to me is like embodying your truth is coming into harmony with yourself because if you're not in tune with yourself and you're not embodied in your truth then no one's ever going to be able to resonate with you in a true way Aho. ever Aho. and then it's kind of signing a contract with never having anybody to really feel us yeah. or really resonate with us yeah. so the more we walk that path of truth of inner attunement with our inner 
temple, cathedral, whatever you like to call it, physical body, the more we get closer to this soul melody, the more we attract the people that are actually resonating on the same right. wavelengths. And that's a blessing mm -hmm. to find that, that, that tribe mm -hmm. that is like, I'm playing the same melody. Let's start to play in harmony together. Mm. And this is a microcosm that has ripples and vibes all around. And this is, for me, if there is a sense of, I would say, unity that is maybe an utopia in the near future, or maybe not that, uh, that far away, there is really this sense of, I'm coming with my key, my keynote, my frequency that is unique, and I'm coming here to plug and to find a place where I can enter in harmony with the all. And together we are all playing our unique key, but we are finding that space where we can meet in resonance and in frequency. I love that. And this is this is so important and mm -hmm. essential to mm -hmm. to find that I call that the juicy spot. When I'm inviting, for example, two two people to to sound together, I'm inviting them to find the juicy spot where both of them are singing and sounding, but somehow there is a moment where the sound is meeting and merging as one. And somehow there is this moment where the two people don't really know who is really singing. Right. Because they are both singing at the same time and they are so m united yeah. that it's confusing. It it's is. like, where am I? Where is, yes. where is the self? Yes. Where is my identity? Because there's so much union in that space. Yes. And this is the juicy spot. And this is that wow. juicy spot that I'm, I'm loving to bring into awareness for people to experience that into their life, into like a workshop. But then to always find that juicy spots mm. everywhere in our life, mm. in our relationships, in mm. our communities, in our job, there is always a juicy spot. Mm. And it just takes to, to slow down, to listen, to be aware, to also voice enough to meet the other, but not, uh, I would say, over sounding the other, or not suppressing our voice so that the voice of the other is too loud, but finding that middle ground where I'm properly sounding to the world and from that subtleties I can zzz, 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 meet that juicy spot and this is where the magic yes. is waiting most of the in time. The juicy spot. In the juicy spot. And you can only be in the juicy spot if you're in truth yourself, yes. right? If you're fully in your truth. It reminds me of when you're talking about the juicy spot, I'm like, that's exactly how I feel when I'm making love. It's like, I dissolve, you dissolve. Where did we go? And what's here? Where are we? It's like, what, who's who at the zoo? Who's, am I me? Am I you? It's like you merge and, and dissolve into that place of union. And so yes. it sounds like from what you're sharing, like utilizing the sound to find the juicy spot can also be a really deeply tantric spiritual practice with a partner. Yes. Mm. Yes, yes, definitely. Mm. Yes. Making music. Making music, using containers of resonance, soul language, speaking to feel the other one. Mm. And, uh, and also sounding while making love. Mm -hmm. and it's just so important to release the sound and to allow pleasure sounds to come mm -hmm. into the space. We're not supposed to make love in silence, to right. don't bother the neighbors, right. uh, for our <laughs> children to don't hear us. It's like, I hope that right. the children will be more aware of what it is to be in pleasure yes. and understand that they are coming from that frequency too. Exactly. Yeah, I know and that's uh, a huge piece of shame for people. I, look, I work with a lot of people that have a lot of shame around expressing themselves yeah. in sexuality and it's like, I think too, a lot of people think that there's that narrow um, those narrow words and vocal expressions that you're supposed to play with when you're enjoying pleasure and those are the ones that you're supposed to play with and people aren't giving themselves full permission to sort of spill outside of that and have full range of motion with that and so what would you advise to someone that's having a hard time really vocalizing themselves in hmm. sexual pleasure hmm. um, what comes to my mind is this idea of being on key you know when you talk like the musician language is like on which key are you you know so when there is a group of people that are playing together we kind of need to agree on one key which is this juicy spot together but somehow even out of the musician field, sounding pleasure, for example, is, is one thing. But as I was saying before, every person has his own key, is coming, riding that frequency, that unique key note. Mm -hmm. And it takes to become aware of 
what we've learned about how I am supposed to express myself into pleasure, into sound, what was the model of my parents and how they were just sounding to the world. Am I reproducing that? Am I playing the same range of sound as them? Or even in the act, you know, am I suppressing my own pleasure? Am I just swallowing my expression? Mm. And am I giving myself permission yeah. to just like, ah, let go of mm. this, ah, this full ecstasis that sometimes want to come through. And sounds doesn't need to be beautiful. Right. Also what we've been conditioned into this mainstream society, when you see the, those competition thing on television, the voice right. or any other things, you know, there's like this competition of who is singing the best mm -hmm. and who is the, the one that is, has the most powerful and the most on key voice. It programs people into a space where they feel their own expression is not proper and it might suppress right. them into their own bed and ability to sound pleasure too. So what I like to do always is to give permission, always to give permission to just sound whatever comes. And most of the time, it's not beautiful. Right. Most of the time, it's not proper. Yeah, most of the time, it's raw. it's raw, it's wild. It's it's true. Mm. <laughs> and, and it's sexy as fuck when it's that way. Oh my gosh, it's sexy as fuck. And the inner child is just like, oh, thank you, mm. thank you. I was here all the time, mm. but you were just not listening to my voice. You were not allowing me to express through. Mm. So, like we talked just right before about the erotic innocence. Mm. And that specific piece of reclaiming that connected to the inner child and this ability to, to connect with that ability to sound and pleasure ourselves to the world mm. is something that I'm also calling into into the voice alchemy workshop that I'm providing it's yes. reclaiming that space for the inner child to play mm. and the inner child is just willing to play it's so innocent, it's so true and it's so joyful and he's so cute. Mm -hmm. And we need somehow to decondition ourselves around what it means to be a grown-up. And to yes. like, ah, relax into this silliness almost. Yes, yes. And, and also, this relaxation into the silliness, into the inner child, brings us to healing any wounds that is connected to the inner child, any sexual abuse that may be connected to our inner, our child. Uh, evolution basically mm -hmm. so I do feel that there is a big piece that needs to be addressed also into that why people are not daring to connect with the inner child because there's pain there Absolutely. and um, there is a big radical self-responsibility that a lot of us are invited into mm -hmm. to have the courage to explore those frequencies that again, into the pain, into the trauma, it's not pleasant. The frequencies and are not easy to embody. Right. And it's not, it's not beautiful again, like to just grief and just to like, ah, like it's by, by breaking By whose standards though, right? Like who even gets to say whether or not that's beautiful? And why we need to be beautiful? Right. Just that, right. you know? What does that mean even to right. be beautiful? Right. Yeah, what about... Gosh, I'm sure when I come out of the ocean after a rage ritual and I look like a wild banshee, <laughs> but I feel the most beautiful in yeah. those moments, you know, because I'm so close to my raw, primal, wild expression. And to me, like, there's nothing more beautiful than that, like outside of the box, you know, completely outside of the box. But for society standards, it's like, you know, you've got to be put together in, in this little box of beauty in order to be accepted. Yeah. There is this thing about beautiful, be you in full. No, there is not something like this, like just deconstructing the world and just reclaiming that be you in full instead that. of like, because beautiful, there is a sense of almost shallow. It's almost shallow. This right. is what I perceive, but it misses that deep layer. And um, for me, definitely when I see someone that is just true and just daring to show up in his truth, even if that truth is not in, in resonance with me. Mm, I would right, prefer right, to right. have that person as a friend than someone that is trying to please me and trying to to behave, you know, and wear some mask and just like yeah, yeah, smile yeah, to yeah, me yeah. and trying to please me. I'm like, just, it doesn't feel good. Just, we are not honest and authentic mm -hmm. right now. And you can feel it. Yes. You can feel it. Like you said, like, like when the microphone gets too close to the speaker, like you can 
feel that something's not quite right. Yes. Versus when you're in the juicy spot, yes. right? And you're in full resonance. I'm in my truth, you're in my truth. And there's a third harmonic yes. that happens from that truth embodied. It's like, oof, that feels good. And it has nothing to do with what you're saying. It's, it's who you're being in that moment. And this is what we are all subconsciously looking for, this third harmonic, mm -hmm. where we got both of us to humble ourselves to what we don't know and to what we have co-created together. Mm -hmm. And this is the magic of relationship, of interactions, of, of just like um, entering in resonance with someone from a, deeper, from a space of truth. Mm -hmm. You got to harvest the magic of your combination, of your union. Mm -hmm. And this teaching is valuable for both or if there is more people in the space, yeah. it's valuable for all of the people. And this, this teaching that is coming from the union of the group cannot be harvested without the full participation exactly. of all. Exactly. And, and that's beautiful. Yes. And I think uh, in society we often forget that. You know, we've been really taught to be like independent and sovereign and self-sustaining and all these things are deeply important, right? To be sovereign, self-sourcing and we self-source so that we can share and co-create, right? We mine our truth from the bottom of our bellies so that we have something really valuable to gift to the world around us. And it's like, to me, that's like the law of creation is, is, is two or more energies coming together and creating something that didn't exist before and couldn't have existed without oh. these two energies coming together. And this is innovation. This is evolution too. Mm -hmm. And the picture that comes to me when you say self-sourced is when you look at all the rivers that are flowing down from the mountains or even in Costa Rica, where they are going? To the ocean. Mm -hmm. They are going to unite into the juicy spots. The juicy spots. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it's important to, I would say, individualize ourselves enough to reclaim and surf on that river mm -hmm. of this self-sourcing, you know? And also cultivating this humility to once I'm individualizing myself, I realize that I'm part of a bigger plan and actually I better surrender to the flow because I'm, I'm uniting and serving the great spirits, which mm -hmm. is the juicy spot, it's which the is the ocean, spot. which yeah, is the, the Tao. Yeah, all of mm -hmm. that. Just learning to ride that unique frequency enough to be grounded in the vessel and enough to just stand on the on the flow of yes, existence. Like surfing the flux. Surfing the flux. Yeah. I love that. It's a dance, isn't it? It's a dance and that's really what embodiment and the ascension and the descension of embodiment teaches us to be grounded enough like you said to be in the floor of the cathedral but to also be rising up high and reaching reaching god reaching spirit reaching what's true and yes. they're both they're both important and oftentimes i think we we come to learn either descension or ascension as one of our most valuable teachers yes right so I know for me, descension has been my, my biggest lesson, my biggest teaching in this life. And I know for them, some people, they came here to rise, right? They're fully embodied, they've really anchored into their truth, and now they're here to really rise. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, I'm really excited about your workshop that you have coming up. Would you like to share a little bit more about oh, that, the detail? Well, yes, yes, yes. I have two retreats coming up. Which one would you like? There is. Let's share the uh, vocal embodiment one first, because I know that's coming up sooner. Yes. Right? And then you have the, the men's retreat coming up too. Yes. So there is one that I'm right now, I uh, would say, launching. It's the voice alchemy training that is going to happen at the end of the month of June in, in Playa Garza, in the House of Waves. And it's really a place where I'm inviting people to reclaim all the layers of their bodies from the physical to the emotional to the mental to the spiritual and play with all of that in harmony so that you can reclaim your truth from all the space of the cathedral mm -hmm. through that why I'm calling that alchemy because the more I'm teaching that the more I realize that through sound we can heal so much we can alchemize so much emotions mm -hmm. I was sharing with with you before that any part of you is striving for freedom and yeah. somehow if we suppress some emotions, some layers of ourselves, they will always kind of push and just willing, they want to, to break free. Right. 
and using sound and expression is a way to honor them and to give them back their freedom that they are longing for you know and this is the alchemy for me to dare to feel that frequency that memory that emotion mm. and to feel that and to express that to be the vessel the vessel of birth of that mm. so that it can be liberated once and for all it doesn't need to stay as a memory forever as a trauma it can be just <gasps> felt resonated into expressed and then it's like oh my gosh i freed myself from mm. that subconscious pattern you know now you've got space and you've got space and one of my vision with this voice alchemy thing is that there's more and more people that are daring to express their truths because working on our freedom of expression is influencing the way we speak to the world, the way we sing to the world, the way we honor ourselves, and the way we are connected to our I would say soul melody, our soul melody. So it affects all the way that we are showing up to the world. So I really want to empower people to be all of who they are and express all the soundscape that they are. Yes. Because we are all like walking cathedrals. Yes. And it's how much beauty we can radiate into the world if we are owning all that space, you know? Mm. And yeah, there is, the vision is like to enchant the world. I love that so much. To enchant the world, to bring mm. those tools that I'm using most of the time, you know, to alchemize my triggers, to alchemize my, my emotion into melody. Mm. To bring that into the world that's okay. And there is a deep reprogramming behind for me that is for example, I need to suffer to evolve, I mean to suffer to, to exist. Uh, life needs to be hard or something yes. like this. The wounded healer. Earn your pleasure. I need to earn my pleasure. And this goes into that also. Um, alchemizing the suffering through melody. Whatever the melody, whatever the sound, and liberating that and making beauty out of it. Yeah. And when I'm saying beauty, it's not because you sing on key that is beautiful. Right. It's not. It's just beauty because it's true. Right. And and this gives tools to alchemize the suffering and to enchant the world and to serve mm. the world through that embodied truth that is expressed mm. through sound. Yes. Oh gosh, I love that so so much. Enchant the world. Yes. And I love the fact that you really just keep hitting home the fact that beauty isn't about how it sounds and being on key and like this element of like perfection it's just it's truth beauty is truth yes whatever's true for you is beautiful yes yeah. definitely and so that's at the end of this month at the house of waves yes yeah and then tell us more about the men's retreat you have coming up this mm -hmm. summer mm -hmm. yes this is what i call the awaken wild men activation um it's going to happen at Aliyah Retreat Center in San Juanillo, in the north of Nosara, uh, from the 17th of July to the 23rd. And it's designed for men that are attracted to men, for those men who want to uh, get a deeper connection with their truths and work on all of who they are and give themselves permission to express all of who they are. And there is three pillars of this uh, activation. The first one is men's love, the second one is tantra, and the third one is... I call that naked voices. I'm using those three pillars that are the pillars that I've been <laughs> uh, working on, grounding into my life, you know? And men's love, why I'm emphasizing on that and why it's so important, because I've been simply twisting men's work into men's love. First of all, because I do believe that for us as embodied men, and Yes, we need to, to learn how to love, to surrender to that, and to really devote ourselves to this service from the heart, you know. And also because this training, this activation is designed for men attracted to men. So the men's love aspect is including men's work and this ability to enter in resonance with another man from the heart space. Why I'm talking about men attracted to men? Because I don't like to label our sexuality attraction. I don't like to label that. If I'm attracted to a man now, does it mean I'm gay? It means that if you want it to mean that, but it just means that I'm attracted to that person. If tomorrow I'm attracted to a, a woman, does it mean I'm straight? If you want to, but it doesn't mean that. It's just that for me, the attraction is just present in order for our soul 
to be to become aware enough that there is a teaching there yes, to have yes, yes. and there is an invitation to meet that juicy spot basically that juicy spot, yes. and uh, <laughs> that's why i I emphasize on men attracted to men and not into labeling them yeah. into any box that most of our society like like to put into. Yeah. It's more free that way. It's more liberating. It's more free. Because a box can also confine you because now you have to like stay in the box because you've chosen the box, right? And there's no way to make coming out. Right. You have to come out of the coming out. It's just like, <laughs> ah! And any man can be attracted to another man. Mm-hmm. So it's something that is really also shamed and many men that feel that they will tend to go into a I would say a more straight tendency because they don't know how to express that layer and it has been shamed into the mainstream society a lot and also the fact that having this attraction can mean that we are less than a man into the subconscious collective it's not true for me but it can prevent those men to explore that because they will feel that I'm not a man enough if I'm not connecting only with women let's say mm. and the shame also to being attracted just by men it can be super shameful because it's like I'm not even a man you know mm. and then in those men's retreats what we are working on is to deconstruct what it is to be a man and to just reconnect with who we are and to our s- purest essence mm. men or women we are just having an essence that want to be expressed but then into this society that has been built on binary constructs right. there is this man women mm-hmm. what does that mean to be a man how do we should behave how do we sound to the world according to those boxes so um, i'm really willing into this retreat to honor the androgynous i call mm. that which is the this innate capacity of the soul that have both polarities but somehow there is an expression outside the body my body for example is as the body features of a male what we address and we call a male but inside myself there is also an inner feminine mm-hmm. that wants to be honored mm-hmm. and this is most of the time into men's work what we do is to bring awareness into that inner feminine and this is a big part that needs to be addressed a lot and um, yes and into male to male interaction what is beautiful is that we play those game of polarities and we are embodied males so we have the opportunity to have in the mirror the masculinity itself so by bringing love into that space we can have a microcosm of love that is blossoming between male and that is rippling into the world and giving permission to other male to connect from the heart. So there is this big aspect and it leads to Tantra, which is for me like really entering an intimacy with ourselves and to be safe enough to honor our truth and to be respectful for who we are in its fullness and then interact from that level, from that depth with others and creating healthy relationship basically just bringing those tools of awareness that are so important in order to stop perpetuating uh, I would say uh, yeah, experiences that might not feel fully good because we don't know how to hold our boundaries mm. because we are a good people pleaser and all those kind of things I really want to bring awareness on boundaries, desires, pleasers and wanted sexual experiences and how we can stand differently and play a different melody together mm. and the voice part for sure yes. the voice part naked, voice. naked voices is a big part of we have been talking about voice alchemy before but it's more or less the same tools but using in a different uh, containers and perspective and yeah i was talking about enchanting the world but i i would love to see my brothers singing more and more and more and more mm. and just enchanting the world instead of having this toxic expression of the masculine that is trying to control and manipulate having a bunch of male that are just alchemizing and feeling their emotions and mm. just singing from that space yes, has the potential to to create so much beauty in this world you know mm. so and yeah this this activation is the condensed nectar of all my life evolution so far and this is the first time that i offer that and the men that will be there will be the pioneers of that space mm. and we will discover together what is that juicy spot, juicy spot. <laughs> that we are connecting to you know yes. while reclaiming our power while reconnecting with our sexuality while reconnecting with our body our voice mm. and with our heart and balls and cocks mm. and all of that as one you know the whole cathedral the old cathedrals all the, the windows all the mm-hmm. tools all the stones mm-hmm. so it's uh it's a beautiful experiment of life 
and somehow it has been calling me to manifest that because I was seeing a missing piece into this, into my reality. And I was the only one to see that it was missing. And I was like, hey, I'm sure there were other people who were, were seeing that, but it's like we got to just step into it, you know, mm. to make that happen. Because the, mani- the dream can stay a dream if we don't embody it, you know. Right. So but then it's not healing anybody if it's just a dream. Yes, it's just um, a good vision. Mm-hmm. It's like a good movie. Mm. It's, it's entertaining. It's masturbating my mind. Right, right. But then what about the reality, the tangible density that we are living in? Can we bring that down? Mm-hmm. And it takes to, to use our body for that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm excited by this, uh, yes. this training that Sounds is coming. delicious. And what are the dates on that again? Where is it? 17th, July 17th to 23rd. It's at San, in San Juanillo, in the north of Nosara, on the north west of Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. And it's in Alia Retreat Center, mm-hmm. a retreat center that has been built by a dear soul brother called Shlomo. And it's just in the middle of the jungle. It's so amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's deeply connected with the nature. There's a few tribes of monkeys hanging around in the trees, and the space is all open. It's it's a delicious space to reconnect with our nature because the nature is just showing us the example and holding this shrine so that we can like, okay, this is, this is the abundance that I am, you mm. know, and how can I reconnect with that lushness mm. and that juiciness that I am. Yes. So this space is inspiring the essence of what I'm bringing forward, which is the awakened wild man. Mm. And, um, for me, the awakened wild man also brings the awareness into the awakened part, which is this ability to connect with the highest realm, like the, the crown and the vision and this awakening, this ascension process. But the wild man is bringing roots into that right. and bringing embodiment, this dissension process. So again, embracing the full spectrum of the frequencies of the cathedral right. through embodiment. Right. Mm. Sounds so yummy. <laughs> I'll just be like a monkey in the trees. <laughs> playing with you guys in the trees. Where can we find more of you, Leo? Hmm. You can find me on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find me. I have also a WhatsApp group where oh, I call that Leo's Magic Hat. Ooh. Where I'm sharing all that is whirling into my world. Not only what I am facilitating, but also all the spaces where I'm invited into as assistant or as guest and all the things that resonate with me I like to share that to support also others vision and others creation so Mm. this is in order to stay in touch with me there's those four different channels whatsapp youtube uh, facebook and instagram and leo's magic hat Yes, this is the WhatsApp one. Yes, yes, yes. So you can share those links with me and I'll, I'll leave them below for people to be able to connect with you and learn more about your retreat and your upcoming workshop. I'll do that. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Mm, thank you so much for joining me today, Leo. You are such a gift to this planet and mm. your melody is strong and so deeply resonant. And thank you so much for going on your own journey of reclamation and liberation and truth so that we can really feel and see you and be transformed mm. by your presence. That's mm. a pure pleasure mm. to be in that space. It's mm. just the space that I've been secretly dreaming of all my life. Mm-hmm. And now it's just, as I said, not a dream anymore. Yeah, you've arrived. And that's something that feels super good. Mm-hmm. You're I in the juicy like spot. That's what I was about to say. <laughs> I feel I'm always in the juicy spot now. What's happening? Once you're in the juicy spot, why leave? Right? Yeah, I feel I, I'm really playing that resonance with the universe, you know. Mm. I found my melody of truth as much as I'm aware of and I'm playing that and aware enough of how the universe is responding yes. to to find always this juicy spot of oh I'm putting out there I'm penetrating the world with my heart but I'm also surrendering and there is this this really this this wave mm-hmm. that I'm learning to ride and it's subtle subtler and subtler mm-hmm. is what I have to say it's like more refined it's more refined yes yes mm. so there is a few letters that define a magician and a musician but it's almost the same mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah yeah well thank you for joining us today and sharing your magic and your medicine yes and yeah, I'm excited for everyone to connect with you deeper mm. and, and continue their journey with you. 
I'm super excited too, mm. to meet those souls that would love to play with me mm-hmm. and evolve together. And thank you so much for offering that space. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. Yes, yes, yes. Aho. Oh, <laughs> thank mm. you, thank you. Thank you for joining me today on the Shamanic Tantra podcast. To dive deeper on your Tantra journey, visit my website at hollytaraya.com for my online courses, books, private mentorships, and group coaching programs. Please subscribe to this podcast and share this episode with your friends. May you live in truth, beauty, and freedom. Love, Holly Taraya.